Thanks for joining us on another episode of 1050 Bascom. I'm John Zumbrunnen, faculty member and chair of the political science department. We're doing something a little different on the podcast this week. We've loaded up the 1050 Bascom crew and made the journey out to neighboring Middleton, Wisconsin, about five miles away from North Hall. Um, and we're chatting today with Luke Fuzard, who is a member of Middleton City Council and is a passionate advocate for the importance of local government, passionate advocate for youth civic engagement and for civic education. He also, as it happens, is a certified Kansas City barbecue judge, and he is the coal holder of the Guinness World Record for most s'mores cooked simultaneously. So, Luke, thank you uh, for joining us and welcome. John, thank you. And thank you for highlighting those two very important parts of my resume. I do want to talk about your passionate interest in local government. Political science studies will show again and again that most Americans are more familiar with and in some sense more engaged with national government as opposed to local government. In that context, tell me about why local government is so important to you. What excites me the most about local government is that we actually are kind of the feet on the street, if you will, that are dealing with some of these actual national issues that people Mm -hmm. are paying attention to. So take climate change as a perfect example. You know, last August, we were declared a federal emergency zone by FEMA because of this massive flooding that we had. 12 inches. 12 inches, exactly. 24 hours. But the reality of the situation is, is that it's going to become more frequent. It's going to become more common, that kind of flooding. And so the question then becomes, what do we do about it, Right. right? What I love about local government is when we sit down as the Middleton City Council and we're talking about these issues, no one's debating whether or not climate change exists. Right. No one's saying, well, the science is still out. Everyone agrees that, yes, this is happening. Yes, we have to do something about it. Right. The, the debate is, what do we do about mm-hmm. it? Right. In the wake of the August flooding of last year, the city of Middleton had a referendum that all citizens could vote on. And it was to raise our stormwater utility rate. And explicitly, it was designated to help repair the damage that was occurred last August because there was over $3 million worth of damage affected by the flooding. Well, a recent proposal came forward before the city council to do some design work for a couple of the stormwater retention ponds that exist in in Middleton. So that's where all the stormwater goes after a heavy rain, right? right? So the thought process is... It collects in this pond rather than in your basement. Well, the initial proposal was to pay for this design work using the money that was generated by this referendum that had passed in April with like 75% of the vote. Okay. Well, if you look at the actual language of the referendum, it explicitly states that all dollars from that referendum generated by that stormwater utility will only go to the repair of existing facilities. Oh, okay. So, so but the, yeah. the, the proposal was for design work for both repair and, and net new. new. Mm. The debate before us was, well, do we use this pile of money, right? Or do we find an alternate source of funds, right. which, you know, there's not this never-ending pile of money sure. that, you know, local government can draw upon. Um, and so it would have meant reallocating dollars from somewhere else, like roads, et cetera, towards this. So we, we went back and forth on a debate, right. right? This debate spanned multiple meetings because we didn't feel we had enough information uh, in the first meeting. So we asked for, you know, to collect some more information and come back. Well, there are people who live around these ponds that are like, hey, you guys got to do something, gotta right? Act, yeah. yeah, you got to act now. Like we don't have the luxury of kind of kicking the can down the road, right? right? People are worried that their basements are going to get flooded. Right. And I get it. They had absolutely every right. 
uh, to do that. So it, you, you, the tension that I felt was the need to take action and take action now because citizens were demanding it. But at the same time, to being like, look, we got to get this right. right. And sometimes that takes a little longer than I or yeah. whatever the people may want. Um, and ultimately, we voted. I ended up being on the losing side of it. Mm-hmm. The other element I really like about local government is I made my case. I lost, yeah. but we all walked away, and we weren't—we didn't hold it against each other. Right. We weren't like you know, we weren't divided by liberal versus conservative or Democrat Republican, and we all basically shook hands and said, "Look, there's going to be times where you're on this side, I'm on that side, and yeah. vice versa." But there's no sense in taking it personally, right. and we ultimately decided to move on to the next issue. And yeah. so that was, to me, was admittedly, John. That's I think how government should work. Right. At what point in your life did you know that you wanted to run for office someday? Was that a sort of, oh, you got back to Middleton and got engaged with um, local initiatives and, and local sort of civic efforts, and that's when you decided to run? Or are you the, when you were 10 years old, you were out in the backyard pretending to give your acceptance speech for the nomination of your party for yeah. president, right? Which one of those are you? I am always in awe of people who have those, you know, 10-year-old stories of like, you know, Bill Clinton shaking JFK's hand or or those kinds of things. And I, you know, I so wish I had a a story (laughs) like that. I I think, so I'd always been interested in politics. It was kind of like a hobby, I guess, is how I would describe it. Uh, But actually, I spent a summer uh, interning on Capitol Hill, which... I would, for all listeners who are undergraduates, I would highly, highly recommend that mm-hmm. if even if you have the most passing interest in politics, to yeah. do it, to yeah. get that exposure. Yeah. This was a joint economic committee. Oh, you were on committee So, staff. yes. Uh-huh. So I would, but this was, at the time, chaired by Chuck Schumer uh-huh. because the Democrats were in control of the Senate. Mm-hmm. So I was primarily interfaced with the United States Senate. And so yeah. my job was to work with individual senators of the committee on some of the putting together the hearings that they wanted to that about the economy. Yeah. And the the most formative experience for me was I got the chance to work with Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, oh, mm-hmm. who's now running for president. Right. And her one of her passionate issues is prescription drugs mm-hmm. and the low and keeping those low cost. And so we had we whole organized this hearing on uh, what's called orphan drugs, which are pharmaceuticals that are designed to treat uh, maladies that affect less than, I think, 5,000 people. Oh, so it's right. incredibly rare diseases. Yeah. But, you know, without these drugs, these obviously um, uh, these people would really suffer if not, you know, uh, pass away. And so, but there was this unfortunate and disturbing trend where companies would create these orphan drugs and then the patent would get bought by a different one and they jack up the price. Right. And so we, as, as a testament to that, we ended up calling in this family. We flew them in, and they were Christian missionaries mm. who normally spend, I think, nine months out of the year in Africa. Okay. But they had a son. His name was Trevor, and he was four. And he had one of these uh, kind of rare diseases. And it was, I believe it was a form of epilepsy because he had multiple um, incapacitating seizures uh. every day. Mm. And without treatment he was at risk of serious brain damage, right? Yeah. And it, it ended up being that the, the drug that he needed, the company that manufactured it, jacked up the price. And I want to say it was like $100,000 per year to treat him, right? Mm-hmm. So this family of Christian, I mean, who can really afford that, let alone, you know, this family of Christian missionaries? So we call them, they come before the committee, they testify. The mother t- kind of relays this story to the public. She gets emotional. We all get emotional. She brings her son Trevor up there, who at the time was, you know, was healthy, 
But, you know, and it's just, I mean, you could have, it was just this incredibly powerful moment. And literally one day later, John, one day later, the CEO of this pharmaceutical company personally called the family and apologized Ah, and then made a public announcement that they were going to lower the cost of their drug to make it affordable for all families, whether or not they had insurance. Mm -hmm. Runs on the front page of the USA Today. And I thought thought to myself, holy crap, like we just made change in this country, right? right? Like I was an infinitesimally small part Mm -hmm. of this. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, government, when done the right way, can bring a voice to the voiceless. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment that mm-hmm. I was like, this is what this I want to do. do. This is yeah, what I want to yeah. do. One of the audiences for our podcast is our political science majors mm-hmm. at, at UW-Madison. And many of them are interested in public service yes. in one way or another, whether that's uh, running for office someday or or serving in government at one level or another. So I wonder if you have um, any any advice for young people who might be interested in a career in, in public service. Find good mentors. Yeah. Find the community that you can see yourself being in for a long period of time and establish right. roots. And be patient yeah. in the sense of um, an opportunity may not necessarily arise right away, but... You know, the next thing you know, the local congressperson might choose not to run again. Right. Or, you know, the state Senate seat opens up and that means your state assembly person is moving up. Right. Right. When that happens, you want to have had those roots in the community that it's a much more plausible, um, uh, you know, chance for you to move into that spot than if you were someone who just kind of flew in within the last six to 12 months. Yeah. As a resident of Middle, thank you for your public service. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for joining our podcast and sharing your experience with it. And we look forward to to more things to come in terms of interaction between you and our, our department. As do I. Thank you so much, John. Thank you.